David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin Ant, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. It is January the 8th, 2020. This is episode 176 of Bitcoin, and it's going to be short. I think, I think, I'm not sure about that. Let's just get right into vitals before we do a damn thing and talk about the chicanery. We'll get to that in a second. We have a Bitcoin price at 8,340. This is according to bitinfocharts.com. It looks like the high is going to be somewhere around the area of coins bit at 8,450 bucks. And we've got a low over at, where is my low? Give me my low, give me my low. It is going to be over at GDAX at 8,285. 325,000 transactions have been made in the last 24 hours with about 13,500 transactions being made on average per hour. 808,000 BTC have been sent in that last 24-hour period, giving us an average sent per hour of about 33,680. Uh, average transaction value is 2.5 BTC, and the median transaction value is 0.032, and that is about 264 bucks USD. Block times are way low. Gee, I wonder why. We'll find out in a second. But in the meantime, 0.15 BTC are being taken in fees on a per-block basis, and about 25 BTC have been taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. We've had a hash rate increase of 17.25% in the last 24 hours, bringing us up to 115 exahashes per second. Um, I believe there may be a story that I'm going to cover today. Uh, I think it's in my list. I'm not sure. But if I don't, uh, we have hit a hash rate all-time high of 120 exahashes per second. So we are at all-time highs yet again. I, I... at one point or another, I may start trading the hash rate derivatives if they actually come out because I miss I miss being able to go into like a, a group of my friends and go, I just I just can't take all these gains, bro. <laughs> It'd be nice to see that again, even though we have had some pretty nice pumps on Bitcoin lately. But be that as it may, we are at 115 exahashes per second on hash rate. And the last commit to the GitHub core repository for Bitcoin was done sometime yesterday. Ethereum is at 142. Bcash is at 238. Litecoin is at 46. BSV is at 114. Ethereum Classic is at almost five bucks. And Dogecoin is at 0.0027, which is exactly Dogecoin's apparent natural habitat. So if you see Doge in the wild, it is probably residing at $0.027. With 30,838 transaction, it's walking all over Litecoin as usual, but nobody else. 
Let's look at the mempool. We've got a 12 block deep mempool representing 13 megabytes upcoming in unconfirmed transactions, which is in the, that number is 20,000 unconfirmed transactions. Everything is over a megabyte. <clears throat> All the blocks that I've seen in the past uh, that are going by are going by with more than one megabyte. So again, anybody who's holding to the fact that we have a one megabyte cap on block space is lying to you, lying to themselves, and lying to God or whatever God they pray to if they pray to such things. In either event, let's look at lightning. We have 10,994 lightning nodes that we can see. We have 35,500 channels that we can see. We have a network capacity of 861 BTC, representing about $7,142,000. Oh, uh, let's see. We have had four new nodes come online in the last 24 hours, which is a pretty good solid dip of 73% uh, on a day-over-day -day basis of new nodes coming online. But we have a 5.75% increase in the number of new channels that came online in the last 24 hours. We have 92 diaper-wearing, bottle-sucking, brand-new channels to deal with. Let's get into the morning roundup. Okay, let's start out with some mentally challenged news from newsbtc.com. And if you guys see this outlet, this newsbtc.com outlet, I, I try to stay away from it, but this one was just, it was just too far on the, on the funny, stupid scale, just not, not to cover, but I'm not a big fan of news BTC because they talk about BTC and bash it pretty much 80% of the time. So I'm again, I'm reading this simply because of the, the funny, stupid factor. Uh, headline is, is Bitcoin a scam? Here's why Reddit certainly thinks so. Reddit. Yes, Reddit. I'm yeah. That's that's who I look to 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 verify anything is the freaking short bus of the internet. Good lord, this is Rick D writing sometime yesterday. At first glance, the social discussion website Reddit appears to have joined the ranks crusade rank crusade against Bitcoin. If you search the entire site for the word scam, one of the top three results is Bitcoin. Just what's going on? Has the website turned its back on the crypto asset space? Or is there something much more innocent behind the seemingly defamatory search results? Bitcoin has been previously called many things by those with a vested interest in its demise. Jamie Dimon famously described it as a fraud, just as the last bull run was kicking into overdrive in September of 2017. Meanwhile, billionaire investor Warren Buffett got a little more creative with his insults, deeming the cryptocurrency rat poison square squared, which is uh, in my, uh, this is me talking that dude, that's terrible. I mean, it's like, it's like, I've never seen anybody reach so hard and pull such a terrible insult out of their ass. If you were in high school and you tried to insult somebody by pointing at them and saying, well, yeah, you're rat poison squared. If you didn't get beaten to death, you'd be laughed out of the building as being so, 
ridiculously nerdish with this thing that it wouldn't even be funny. Rat Poison Squared, this is from an 80-year-old man. You'd think he have a little bit more of a wit. That being said, let's continue. It's hardly surprising that these clear representatives of the old system would attack Bitcoin. After all, whoever heard of a turkey voting for Christmas before? Uh, This must be written in Hungarian and then translated. Whatever. Bad sentences, people. However, it appears that a resource without such clear self-interest in maintaining the global financial status quo has joined the ranks of the Bitcoin naysayers. The social discussion forum Reddit Visit Reddit's homepage today and do a quick search for the word scam. You will see that the subreddit r slash Bitcoin is listed amongst the top three results. Hitting view more shows that it's not just Bitcoin that has apparently evoked the ire of Reddit. The crypto-focused subreddits r cryptocurrency, r BTC, and r Bitcoin are also listed as top results. The phenomenon was first pointed out by Reddit user you, crypto homie. However, any suggestion that the website had decided to join Nyman at all was quickly laid to rest by our Bitcoin community members. Rather than the first, rather than the first viable digital asset being labeled a scam by some Reddit overlord, instead the results simply show subreddits in which the word is frequently used. User U Roman Aremus explained, "Quote." It's because of Reddit's search algorithm. The word is used a lot in the subreddits, so when you search it, you'll get results from the subreddits that use it the most, end quote. There's no shortage of clear scams surrounding Bitcoin and other digital assets and the legit... Let's just end that piece of garbage here. Again, if you're going to newsbtc.com and are desperately hoping for them to give you the 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 real skinny of what the hell's going on, you're going to end up with stories like this. Stories that go nowhere, stories that are clickbait. I just thought it was damned funny because it was pointing to Reddit. 4chan probably has better information than Reddit. Reddit has been a scum-sucking miscreant cesspool for so long now that I, I don't even know why anybody actually goes there. I, I continuously see posts in Twitter about Bitcoin, and they're pointing to a Reddit post, and my question is, why? Why? I don't know. But what I do know is that there's a very real possibility that any of the hex bag holders got hosed yesterday. At around yesterday, 10 p.m., we have who's writing this? Uh, Come on, give me the byline, y'all. Give me the byline. There is no byline. Oh, no, this is Prayushu Garg is writing yesterday at 10 p.m. UTC, that hex origin address emptied out almost $7 million USD withdrawn. Around $7 million worth of ETH has been withdrawn from an address associated with the hex cryptocurrency after weeks of speculation that it was headed toward an exit scam. The funds were transferred on January the 6th through 36 separate transactions, with each one withdrawing exactly 1,307 ETH worth around $192,000 or $192,500. Can pause. Each there are 36 separate transactions. Each one withdrawing 
1,337 ETH. 1,337 is leet in leet speak. It's a gamer term, and I completely missed it the first time around. Hell, I was at, I was going back and forth with some people on Twitter yesterday about this whole thing, and somebody, and I cannot, and I'm sad that I can't remember who, and I don't want to go scan for it right now, made sure that I understood that 1,337 was leet in elite speak, and then reminded me that this was old-time ga- uh, gamer uh Uh, gamer speak. Nothing screams scam and you're getting a scam more than somebody deleting their entire webpage, except for the single word penis and withdrawing leet on 36 separate occasions, 36 separate occasions. Oh my God. Okay. Continuing hex. One of the most notorious cryptocurrency projects in the industry seems to be going through a textbook exit dump. Oh, by the way, guys, this is CryptoSlate.com. Better than NewsBTC, but eh, you got to take it for what it's worth, right? Okay. There were 36 outgoing transactions from the address on January the 6th, each one transferring exactly elite ETH from the address. With Ethereum's price hovering around $144 at press time, this makes each of the 36 outgoing transactions worth over $192,000. Transaction details about one of the 36 times Leet ETH was withdrawn from Hex address, and then they give a block explorer of what was, you know, kind of going on the uh, hex address and all that, where or the ETH address and where it was going to and all that kind of stuff in either event. With almost $7 million worth of ETH gone from the address, it's beginning to look a lot like exit scam. Hex investors have been warned about weeks ago. None of the transactions went out to the same address, meaning that all the tokens people have invested in hex have been scattered around. Few cryptocurrency projects have managed to gain the notoriety Hex has, just over one month old. The cryptocurrency seems to be equally as hated as other much bigger scams such as BitConnect or OneCoin. Launched on Ethereum via a Bitcoin UTXO snapshot on December the 2nd, Hex claimed it can do over 10,000 X returns in under 2.5 years. (laughs) These outlandish claims, including one, that Hex is, quote, designed to increase in value faster than anything else in history, all came from Richard Hart. Hart, who calls himself a blockchain thought leader, managed to attract a lot of attention, receiving over 33,000 ETH in investment. However, investments in Hex looked more like donations to his personal address than a token sale. As all of them were held in a single Ethereum address, Hart claimed was impossible to access. Oh, the bag is deep. Then from December 12th to December 23rd, more than $115,000 of ETH was withdrawn from the address, leading many to suspect that it was the beginning of an exit scam. Yeah, impossible to access my ass. While uh, while most publications avoided calling the incident an exit scam, the overwhelming sentiment among the crypto community was that it was, without a doubt, a ripoff. With the address holding all the tokens invested in Hex now almost completely empty and the Hex team remaining silent on the issue, it may be safe to assume the notorious project is in its final throes. And that's going to end it for there. Well, that's going to end that article. But as a reminder, 
I want to read to you this tweet from Bitcoin.com Exchange, which is on Twitter at BitcoinComXCH. That's basically BitcoinComEXCH, at BitcoinComEXCH. On December the 15th of 2019, guys, it's not even a month ago, say, we are thrilled to announce that we have just listed Hex by Richard Hart Wynn on our exchange, giving anyone who wants to trade it a secure venue to do so. Check it out. And then they give the news story for it. And I'm not going to read that because all we really need to know is that Roger Ver and his company, while may not be in on the deal, certainly are complicit in the exit scam, if this is what it turns out to be. I believe it's an exit scam, but I guarantee you Richard Hart will come out either today or tomorrow and give some bullshit excuse and we'll be here for another month before we figure out what the hell's going on. And at the end of it all, as questions die down, as people stop looking at their bags and the hexers go on shilling this giant pile of garbage, Richard Hart will take the money. He is going to steal your money. If you don't know his past, then you don't know your future. I'm just saying, man, if you're not if you're not looking at Richard Hart's past, and one of the ways that you can look at Richard Hart's past is to Google the name Richard Schumer, which is going to be like C H or S C H U M E R, I think. He was down in Costa Rica or Central America. There's some serious chicanery, but one of the things that we know for sure is that he was one of the people that was stuffing your email boxes 10 years ago with spam email. He was one of the main progenitors of email spam. That's how he made a shit ton of money. And he also made a shit ton of money doing other things, mostly probably nefarious, but it's really hard to get a hold as to whether or not he actually did them. But anybody with this kind of black or dark past, that's your future. Richard Schumer, go check it out before you start taking your money and giving it to Richard Hart because Richard Hart is Richard Schumer, the spam king. That's all you got to know about that. <clears throat> Bitcoin ransom worth $6 million is demanded by TravelX hackers. Oh, boy. Martin Young, writing sometime today for Bitcoinist.com, says, <clears throat> Attackers demanded a payment of $6 million worth of Bitcoin after hacking TravelX, a foreign currency exchange company. It is the latest victim in an explosion of ransomware attacks seeking crypto payouts. UK currency exchange site TravelX has gone dark due to a ransomware infection following a network breach. According to the BBC, hackers launched the attack on New Year's Eve, forcing the firm to power down its systems and websites. The attack was timed to hit the company when many of its staff were away on holidays. TravelX has operations in more than 30 countries with 1,200 branches worldwide, most of which were forced to go old school and operate manually. A notice on the TravelX Twitter feed stated that it took down websites in order to protect data and prevent the spread of the virus. The report added that a ransomware gang called 
Soda Nuka I'm never pronouncing that son bitch. Took responsibility for the hack and wanted the cryptocurrency exchange to pay six million dollars. Oh, I'm sorry, not cryptocurrency. The currency exchange to pay six million dollars. Other reports state that the group specified Bitcoin as the method of payment through a website with a top-level domain registered in China in March of 2019. Once settled, the hackers have agreed to provide decryption tools to enable IT staff at the firm to disable the ransomware and access their files and network. Again, research has indicated that the prevalence of ransomware could have impacted Bitcoin prices last year. It was also reported that computers containing confidential information, such as names of clients and bank accounts and transaction details, have been infected by malware, which added a random character string to the end of each encrypted file. Oh, dude, hosed, hosed, got freaking pwned, man. A string of other UK-based firms relying on TravelX, Forex services, including Sainsbury's Bank, Barclays, HSBC, Virgin Money, First Direct, and Asada Money, have also been disrupted. Hundreds of customers across the world have been locked out of the app and are unable to access funds or make transactions on TravelX currency cards. The group, also known as Revel, or Revil, it's R-E-V-I-L, so I'm guessing it's like R-Evil. Jesus, it just reminds me of Mark Myers. First surfaced in April of 2019, offering criminal gangs the opportunity to rent its ransomware for a cut of the profits. Jesus, what a great model. The ransom note delivered with the payload read, quote, if you do not cooperate with our service, for us it does not matter. But you will lose your time and your data Cause we just have the private key. In practice, time is much more valuable than money. In quote, God, that's a harsh sentence, man. But I love the first part of this. If you do not cooperate with our service, as an aside, I got an email yesterday from uh, AT and T. Hold on for a sec. Uh, AT and T services. Okay. Now remember what what did I just what did I just read? What did I just read here? If you do not cooperate with our services, okay, so this is our evil. This is their ransom note. If you do not cooperate with our service. Now, my email from AT&T says, and this is from AT&T Services, we've doubled your data and increased your monthly rate by $10. Please sign in to review the changes to your account. And gives my account number right here. What sucks is that it's att-services.cn.sumnumber at generisif at email or at uh, att-mail.com. God, this is like, is this coming out of China? I, I, you know, this is just, I don't know, man. It, but still, without me doing dick, AT&T decided to charge me $10 a month more. And I got to sign into my account so that I can opt out of that. That sounds a lot like if you do not cooperate with our service. I'm just saying. Let me finish this up. The attack is the latest in a growing trend of ransomware that surged in 2019. Just last month, Bitcoin has reported that hackers demanded a Bitcoin ransom from users of vulnerable cameras sold by Amazon and its subsidiary ring. So if you heard about that, that then there there you go. There's that that whole thing. But <clears throat> um yeah what's 
kind of buried in this that is a little frightening is the fact that Sainsbury's, Barclays, HSBC, Virgin Money, First Direct, and Asda Money have been disrupted because they themselves, as very large banking or financial institutions, have at least part of what they do directly hinged upon the functioning of a trusted third party. And that trusted third party just got the living shit hacked out of them. I'm just saying, man, not your keys, not your coins, not your service, somebody else's service. And if you do not cooperate with our service, you're fucked. The way the world is going is becoming more and more and more fragile. Not the world. Not the, the planet itself is going to be fine. We could destroy ourselves seven times over by launching every nuclear warhead in the world. All of us and most of the planetary life is going to die. The Earth itself will be fine eventually. A couple of million years, maybe a hundred million years, everything's going to be beautiful again. All the air will be clean all the land will have been turned over. Brand new species will start over from scratch. It'll be fine. It's us and the systems that we're putting into play. That's what's becoming more fragile. When I've got HSBC depending on TravelX, Forex services, who gets freaking hacked by somebody naming themselves R Evil. Yeah, that should cause you pause, okay? It should cause you some pause. Also, from Decrypt.co, and Decrypt.co is becoming one of my favorite outlets here for news. Doxed CEO of failed Ethereum project gets death threats. This is Daniel Phillips writing sometime this morning. Uh, Let's see. Yesterday, Decrypt reported that the Ethereum-based token project gnomed as Omnitude, also known as ECOM or ECOM, would be shutting down due to a lack of funding. In the last day, tensions have escalated and things have begun to get out of hand. Several individuals in the ECOM community have doxxed the project founder, revealing personal information and family photos which have been seen by Decrypt. Worse, there are allegations that his family has been threatened as a result of the project's unforeseen exit scam. Uh, I mean, I mean closure. In a Telegram channel known as the Crypto Vigilante Network, one user said, "Tell him if he does not give ICO investors their money back, I will put a bounty on him on Dnet." For those that are unaware, Dnet is Darknet, and it is possible to find hitmen who will do your bidding for a price on said dark net. So don't think that this shit doesn't exist because it damn well does. Seemingly referring to hiring a hitman on the dark net. Well, of course, many users banned from the official Omnitude channel have been making their complaints in other channels. Omnitude founder and CEO Chris Painter responded to the threats by stating, I'm going to pause here because I want this to sink into your head. By stating, He will pass the know your customer details of anybody organizing violence onto the police. I'm going to revisit that at the end of this, but let's continue. These include passport information that were given to the team by community members when buying tokens. Painter has since deleted the response, but a screen capture is included below. I'm going to pause to let you know that the screen cap is not showing up 
on my screen. I cannot see it. I've gone to a different browser. I've taken off uh, ad controls and all that shit. It seems to be a broken link because I've got the little icon that's got the little photograph that's kind of got the corner corner torn on it. And that usually means that that picture is just not available to be shown. So I don't know what's going on there, people. But they say that they have a screenshot, but it's not on this particular. I'm unable to see it. Continuing, at the same time, conversation in the Omnitude Telegram community has taken a decidedly morbid tone. It now revolves around accusations of insider trading since Ecom began dumping 10 minutes before Painter announced the project would be ceasing operations, quote, until further funding can be obtained. The Omnitude project was designed to bring blockchain from the digital arena into meat space. Its website states the value of any asset associated to e-com is subject to market risks and other risks, including exit scams. No, I don't. Considering the token is now virtually worthless and ranked 1252nd on coin market cap, they can say that again. Now, I'm going to come back. I want to revisit this shit because it's not the freaking token or this stupid ass ICO, which is yet another bag of scam that other people, dumb sons of bitches, are holding and probably telling everybody and their dog why it's such a good buy because they're lying to themselves because they maybe subconsciously they know that they're hosed and pwned. I don't know. But let's get to this one most important paragraph, Omnitude founder Chris Painter responded to threats by stating that he will pass the know your customer details of anybody organizing violence onto the police, including passport information, yada, yada, yada. This is what is never talked about with KYC. We talk about KYC as really bad, and it is. It, I am not a fan of KYC AML bullshit because it's dangerous information to have floating out there. But generally speaking, we always talk about the floating KYC information as maybe it could be hacked. Maybe it could be hacked and sold. Maybe one bank will pass it on to somebody else that they don't need to be passing it on to. Maybe it's an insider job at Barclays where they take a whole ream of steal a whole ream of KYC shit and sell it on the freaking dark web. I don't know. But what's never said is that the CEOs and other people of the organizations that you're passing your KYC to, they have full access to it. It's not like KYC AML has some kind of, I'm not trying to say, standard operating procedure where I have, like, like for instance, let's say that I'm stupid and I'm going to buy something other than Bitcoin and I need to KYC myself. I take a photocopy of my passport and or United States, Texas driver's license or whatever, the, a, a gas bill, I don't know, and I, I photograph this shit and I send it to the company. It is what is not happening is that that information is not being encrypted before the people that I'm giving it to get it. What should happen in a world that is much, I don't know, it's still bad. KYC is bad. But what should be happening is that there should be a, like, I don't know who, the banking institution of the world, maybe it's the IMF, should have a system in place where if I'm going to sell you a crap token, I have to use their service 
for KYC, which means that I don't get a copy of your freaking passport. All I do is offer their service through my portal so that they can be sure that I KYC'd customers that are coming through my portal, but it's encrypted so I can't see it. It's worthless to me, and the only people that have the keys to decrypt that shit is the freaking IMF. That's not what's going on. Every idiot bag holder that bought a bullshit token from some dipshit sucking on a pina colada in an office that has dirty walls and rat droppings in the fucking corner because they can't afford anything else until they steal all your money, they have access to your shit. And if you think that they're only going to take your money when they exit scam, no, they're going to take your KYC shit too, pal, and they're going to sell it. This guy just blew the lid off the fact that the owners of these idiot companies have full access to your KYC, not only the institutions have access to your crap. Chris Painter, who's going to be sucking on pina coladas at one point or another on some beach, is going to have a file of all your KYC shit, and he's probably going to sell it on the open market. Do I know that for a fact? No. But if he has access to your KYC and he is going to exit scam, God, this just makes me wonder if if the Hexit people, if the Hexers had to KYC themselves to Richard Hart. Because that dude, as I said earlier, was the spam king. If you don't think, if he has access to your, if he KYC'd your ass, which I don't know, he may not have, but if he did and he's got copies of your passport, oh boy, oh boy. That's all I got to say, man. God dang. Google Trends sees Bitcoin Iran surge 4,500% on safe haven narrative. So apparently people are looking for Bitcoin and the word Iran. Bitcoin, benefiting from the Iran crisis, has captured the imagination of Internet users worldwide with its Google search popularity up almost 5,000%. According to the data from Google Trends, the search term, quote, Bitcoin Iran, end quote, surged 4,450% in the seven days to January the 8th. The term Bitcoin itself also saw a significant uptick around the globe, reaching a normalized score of 100 on Wednesday versus 40 a week ago. Nigeria topped the list for both terms. Most frequent country of origin, Canada, Singapore, and the United States also generated significant interest for Bitcoin Iran. The figures come as Bitcoin continues to make significant price advances with weekly gains topping 15%. Commentators immediately began attributing the performance to events in Iran, arguing geopolitically instability tends to produce price rises. Others were less convinced, claiming the connection was in fact a fictional narrative that could nonetheless become a self-fulfilling prophecy as it went mainstream. Su Zhu, CEO at Three Arrows Capital, highlighted an article in Nikkei Asian Review as proof non-crypto sources were buying into the idea. 
The publication Iran was triggering a surge in crypto. Uh, uh, the publication claimed Iran was triggering a surge in cryptocurrencies. A tweet read, "Quote: Free from state interference or geopolitical risk, cryptocurrencies become digital gold amid rising Iran tensions." End quote. The article conversely quoted an exchange source who poured cold water on the idea. Quote: For Bitcoin, though, investors feel they can safely put a portion of their funds into it and hold it for the longer term without having to worry about any reversion to a mean, as it is not inherently linked to U.S.-Iran tensions, Sheil Coley, chief marketing officer at AAX, said. As Cointelegraph reported, search activity around Bitcoin began gaining momentum late last year. In December, it was another topic, Bitcoin halving, which began turning heads. Last week, reports emerged of Bitcoin trading at a giant premium in Iran with a single coin worth $24,000 U.S., according to the so-called official real exchange rate. In reality, the sources noted such a rate is all but fictional given its value compared to the ubiquitous black market. So, yeah, apparently now the every, Google is fired up with all manner of uh, searches for uh, uh, Iran and, and Bitcoin. I'm not really sure about that metric. I mean, here, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's true, but what I'm getting at is we keep looking at Nobody's searching for Bitcoin. My contention is that it may be possible that everybody already searched for Bitcoin. Why the hell do you have to search for it again? I rarely search for the same shit twice because once I find my answer, I don't really need to search for it again. But that's probably a little simplistic. I, I get it. But still, I mean, for the last 11 years, Google has been in existence and so has Bitcoin and I would expect that at one point or another, you don't really need to search for Bitcoin very often anymore. In this particular case, with bombs and shit dropping and missiles going weird, and we're not, oh, and uh, apparently an airliner is toast with 180 people on board flying out of Tehran sometime, I don't know, early this morning, their morning, not my morning, on the other side of the planet. But still, they're all dead. Coming out of Tehran, nobody knows what the hell happened. Iran says that they're not going to turn over the black boxes to Boeing. I, the whole thing's a freaking mess, right? But it has certainly charged the Bitcoin uh, Google uh, uh, search term. Okay, let's see here. Let's talk a little bit about Peter Brandt. I'm pretty sure this is going to be about Peter Brandt. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Peter. All right. Come on, Peter. Let's see what you have to say. William Suberg is writing for Cointelegraph sometime this morning. Crypto cultists may stop Bitcoin bull market, says trader who called 20,000. <laughs> Bitcoin returning to a bull market depends on whether crypto cultists, in quotes, have already exited the market, veteran trader Peter Brandt has warned. In a tweet on January the 8th, Brandt, who has become a regular Bitcoin pundit, in recent years confirmed he was eyeing current price activity to determine the next likely move. BTC-USD pair gained 5.5% in the 24 hours to press time, retaking $8,000 in a move many previously considered highly unlikely. Whether momentum continues, Brandt says, is nonetheless down to the composition of the market as well as technical indicators. On the topic of whether a bull market began this week, he summarized, quote, If enough crypto cultists have been shaken out since December of 17, then yes. If not, 
then no, end quote. Uploading supporting charts, uh, Brandt highlighted three characteristics that hinted at a bullish upturn for Bitcoin. These included the BTC-USD pair remaining within a multi-year channel and not falling out of the bottom of it, as well as preparing to break the ceiling of a different six-month channel. Asked whether he thought it was too early for a fresh bull run due to investors anticipating lower prices. Meanwhile, Brandt responded, quote, I think exactly the opposite. If there are many waiting they may wait forever, end quote. The sober approach to possible further gains echoed Brandt's more bearish stance from earlier. In December, he forecasted BTC dropping to $5,500 by July 2020, two months after Bitcoin's block reward halving. Other grave warnings included a Bitcoin price of just $2,760, an 80% retraction against 2019's highs near 14K. His predictions have often been accurate. In 2017, he successfully called the Bitcoin market top at around 20K before the 2018 bear market kicked in. May I remind everybody that it was not just Peter frickin' Brandt who called 20K. Hell, even Tone Vay's called 20K. And lately, he's been wrong as snot, okay? We all saw it. We saw, I mean, it's like it does not take a fucking rocket science just to look at the slope on that rise in 2017 and go, dude, something bad's going to happen because this is just irrational exuberance. You don't have to be brilliant. You don't have to be Peter Brandt. This is the same thing as saying, oh, well, Noriel Rubini called the whole housing crumble. Everybody fucking called the housing crumbling. That's why so many people made money. Watch the big short. If you're not sure about it, either watch the movie or read the book. The guy was there. The guy who wrote that thing, he was there. This is, it, was, it might as well have been a freaking documentary, right? Noriel Rubini getting a nod by the Nobel Prize people because he called the freaking housing thing is stupid. Everybody saw it. I didn't see it because I wasn't in housing. I wasn't looking at it. I wasn't invested in, well, I, I had like I probably some money in REITs, you know, at the time, but that would have been a call not made by me. That would have been a call made by the guy who was handling money. Actually, not the guy, the company that was handling money. Uh, Merrill Lynch, right? I had them for a while as financial advisors or financial liars, whichever you want to call them. In either event, I'm sure at one point or another I was in a REIT. But if you think I was actually looking through all the databases of exactly who was paying their mortgages and who weren't, uh, no, no, I wasn't. And because I wasn't, I didn't see it coming. But the people that play that game, and there are thousands, tens of thousands of people around the world that play that game, they knew it too, and they made a shit ton of money on it. Don't be fooled. Just because Peter Brandt saw called 20,000 doesn't mean he's some kind of guru, okay? I just want to warn people against that shit because we have a tendency to put these people up on pedestals. Okay, continuing. There was no word on altcoins, investors in which Brandt similarly called cryptomaniacs. In July, at the time, he claimed any major appreciation in Bitcoin would be unlikely to spill over into altcoin markets. Bitcoin's market share subsequently increased around 4%. Okay, so, um, yeah, the other problem that I have with this particular story is that it never defines what the hell a crypto cultist is. I tweeted to William Suberg, who looks like his Twitter account has been dead since last year. 
um, to can somebody define crypto cultist even in this context? I'm not talking to you guys. Don't need to write me back and say crypto cultist means angry Bitcoin maximalist. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is what the hell does Peter Brandt mean by crypto cultist? It was never talked about in this story. Be careful with the shit you ingest news-wise, because William Suberg made a bad mistake by not pinning Peter Brandt down on exactly what the hell a crypto cultist is. Without that very clear definition from Peter himself, it's a bullshit word. Don't listen to it, even though the rest of this story actually does make a lot of sense if I plug in my some of my own variables for what crypto cultist is. But I'm not the one writing the story. And I ain't Peter Brandt. So there you go. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, last one up in the stack is going to be from Ali at A-L-I-R-1272. I presumably on Twitter. He's writing sometime today for Bitcoinist.com. This year, oh, sorry. Libra Association Vice Chairman bashes Bitcoin at CES 2020. Yeah, that was going to happen. This year's Consumer Electronics Show saw one of its speaker speakers, uh, Libra Association's Dante Desparte, talk against Bitcoin, claiming that it is not a means of payment. Heated arguments for and against Bitcoin have been a regular occurrence for over 11 years now. However, as the crypto industry continues to develop and expand, constantly inching towards adoption and acceptance, these arguments still persist. Yeah, they're never going away, people. The latest example of this came only yesterday during Las Vegas-based CES 2020, when the vice chairman of the Libra Association, Dante, publicly spoke out against Bitcoin. He admitted that Bitcoin, as an asset class, managed to prove that scarcity can support exciting assets. However, he was also quick to point out that Bitcoin is not a means of payment. Then how the hell did I buy my fucking ticket to BitBlock Boom with Bitcoin if it's not a method of payment? Got to blow a gasket here, man. Let me calm down. According to him, quote, the bottom rung of the ladder of economic mobility is payment access. Bitcoin doesn't provide that. Starting to pop a vein, which is why he decided to join the Libra project in the first place. No, it's probably because you can't code and nobody wanted your shit. Of course, Desparte is not only an, is not anti-crypto, although he believes that Bitcoin is not capable of solving the problems it has set out to solve. He doesn't believe that BTC can reach mass adoption or that friction levels can be removed. To him, Bitcoin simply is not an adequate solution. On the other hand, Decred's project strategy lead Aiken Sawyer disagrees. Thank God. As many are likely aware, the Libra project was created by Facebook and managed by the Libra Association, which is basically a group of firms that support the project as a single team. Yeah, until half of uh, 80% of them fell out. Yeah, that's a high retention rate there, Libra. Continuing, they believe that the world's unbanked and underbanked population needs a new form of asset that could do what banks fail to do. And they believe in Facebook's vision that Libra is the asset that can pull it off. Meanwhile, Sawyer sees them as a council of companies that are only in it for the money and self-interest. He stated that a council such as that is not capable of handling money better than a decentralized system that managed to survive on its own for the last 11 years. Despite all attempts at centralized entities made to discourage or sabotage it. Instead, Sawyer claimed that the only real way to help the world is to empower the individuals and provide them with a base level sovereignty. 
By that, he means allowing people full control over their own money instead of having a centralized institution handling it for them. There are many who share this view, as banks have already proven that centralized institutions cannot be trusted. After all, they are the ones who caused the financial crisis that led Satoshi Nakamoto to create Bitcoin in the first place. As for the Libra Association, it already faced its own crisis back in 2019 when numerous companies decided to leave the project. Some of the biggest names of those who left include MasterCard, Visa, and PayPal, among others. Okay, so that's the end of that. This is also going to be the end of the morning roundup, but not until I rail a little bit. <clears throat> Again, if it's not a method of payment, then how was I able to give, I think it was about 450 bucks for the ticket for BitBlock Boom 2020? How was I able to pay that directly on chain to uh, the organizer? Uh, God, I can't remember his name right now. Gary Leland. How was I able to pay Gary Leland Bitcoin if it's not a method of payment? Why, why is it that I got confirmation within the hour that my ticket is basically ready for me and all I got to do is show the hell up and I'm in for the three or four days that the conference is going on? How the hell did that ticket buy all my food that they're going to feed me? I may be able to go play golf. I don't know. Gary said that they're still working on the third day of activities uh, or not third day, like one of the four days, there's like a day that didn't have activities in it and they're still putting it. I'm going to be able to take part of all of it because I bought the full load, man. The brunch, the dinner, the talks, the fun. I hope an open bar at one point is is included in this thing. If, if Bitcoin is not a method of payment, then why did Gary take Bitcoin from me and is going to feed me for four days? Well, not four days, at least a brunch and dinner. But from what I understand, the brunch and the dinner are pretty good. This guy is lying to you. He knows better. He's lying to you. Also, the other thing that I want to say is that when they talk about the failure of the financial institutions and how Libra is better suited to do it, they are no different than the institutions. All they're do, all this is is a power grab. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think Libra is ever going to launch because all of these people have homes and families and bank accounts of their own that will be seized if they get too close to the freaking fire. If you don't think these people are not ready to scrap to the death to keep their power, then you are fooling yourself. If you do not think that hits are not still, if you think that hits are not still ordered on people, people get thrown. There was a banker that mysteriously was thrown out of a fifth floor window somewhere in Holland, I believe, or Germany or something like that. There was a whole spate of bankers falling out of windows and committing suicide in their homes a couple of years ago. At the same time, I'm looking at the markets going, nobody else seems to be jumping out. Why are these people jumping out of windows? Look, I hate I, the, the tinfoil hat doesn't fit me very well, but holy shit, people get a grip. Other humans, especially those that have unlimited amounts of power in the form of liquid capital will do everything in their power to maintain that liquidity and that volume of power. They're going to do it. And if you think that they're going to let this asshole and his group of weirdos from Facebook step in and, and sully their little nest, mm, 
I don't think so. That's going to do it for Morning Roundup. Okay, Daily Train Wrecked is going to have to be brought to you by at Richard Hart Wynn. Richard Hart, also known as Richard Schumer, the Spam King. From Central America. From apparently where he had to flee. Whatever, I don't care. It has to be Richard Hart because I really do believe that he is perpetrating an exit scam and this is the first act of the exit scam. Okay, not what I'm about to read, but the this whole thing with the with the address being uh, being emptied of all the ETH, uh, that's the first act of of his exit scam. Because one of the things about Richard Hart that you do need to know is that he's a showman. He not only is a good scammer, he's a good showman, and he likes that. So if you think this is going to be a you never see him again thing, think again. He likes the spotlight too much, which may actually be his downfall. I don't know. We'll have to see. But this is the emptying of that wallet is Act 1. And what's also probably going to be included in Act 1 is the apologies or the apologism that's going to come out from Richard Hart, his te- whatever team he has, and all the exit bag holders that there are. That's going to be at the end of that. That will be the end of Act 1. I have zero idea what the hell is going to happen with Act 2. I don't know. I suspect that it may be something like this. We've discovered at Hexit, or I'm sorry, at Hex, that we had a fatal flaw in the system. So we are developing a new coin, a better coin, a coin for all, a coin for you, a coin for me, a coin for we. And that coin will be so much better. And you're going to get that coin Just give us a few months to make this new coin. And that UTXO set that we snapshot out of ETH will be used to populate the owners of this new coin. So hold tight, be patient, and look for good things. That's probably, I don't know, that actually would be a really good second act. But be that as it may, daily train wreck ahead. Richard Hart says on December the 29th, 2019, at 6.57 p.m., someone built an actual functional pyramid scheme on top of Hex. I've chosen to ban them from the Hex telegrams and would block them here if they promoted it. I don't think Ponzi's and pyramids are good for the world. Yep, there's Richard protecting you, protecting you and your bags, man. Man, he is, he is safeguarding your hex. Meanwhile, all the Ethereum for that hex has been emptied out of the only wallet that was apparently impossible to access. Said by Spam King, Richard Schumer. There's a guy, and I'm not going to give his Twitter handle because I think he actually means well, but his he, he's all about Hex. And he keeps trying to get people to engage him on YouTube to explain to him in detail why Hex is a scam. I finally had to tell him yesterday, dude, look, none of us, me included, think that it's worth the time 
to go through all the shit that we that we've been through and package it all up in all these examples plus the whole history of Richard Schumer himself to come up with the picture that we operate from that this is a scam there's every possibility that hex is not a scam it's a low probability in my opinion but there's a possibility that it's not a scam, that maybe Richard Schumer has changed his ways. If you believe that, I got bridges all over the world to sell you. you that hardly, that rarely happens. The, the only time that that happens, people go to jail for murder, get like all jacked up on some kind of weird homemade bathtub drug and find fucking Jesus Christ on the prison floor and then become a goddamn minister. That's the only time I see anybody change their spots, but they don't really change their spots. They just recolor them because most of the people that have found Jesus on a bathroom floor or something because they were so damn drunk and become a minister know almost nothing about anything, not only in the Bible, but what was going on in that time. So they can't even properly interpret it. It's hard to do that. I doubt seriously that Richard Hart changed his spots. That's why I conclude that Hex is a scam, and I warn people away from it. I warn people away from all this stuff. I warn people away from Litecoin. And I'm not even that big of a Charlie uh, Charlie Lee hater. I probably should because he sold the top, but I don't. I just can't bring myself to hate his guts. But I don't like Litecoin anymore. I used to when I was a shitcoiner. You know, there was a couple of things that I actually bought that were ridiculous, but it didn't take me long. It only took me about a year and a half to figure it out. And yet we've got new people all the time coming into the space who don't understand that if it's not Bitcoin, it's shitcoin and you're going to get scammed. So there's my rant on that. Let's get into, oh, God, thank God it's time for a joke from Dad Says Jokes. I took two pairs of socks golfing just in case I got a hole in one. Thank God for dad. Otherwise I'd blow a gasket all the time. Anyway, so I'm yay. I've been able to keep this under an hour. I'm not going to lie to you. I I was going to try for 40 minutes just to keep it short, but no, apparently that's never going to happen. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.